0: That's 20% off your first order at American Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.
1: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend.
0: A dream that came through a million years that lived on through all the tears
1: it came here the fandom nexus fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone i have a podcast here he is your spider pan
2: jeremy Greetings, yes, it is me. I am here. I actually I guess I'd be here earlier than you would expect because we've been kind of bi weekly lately, but I'm trying to get back to that weekly. But I'm actually a day later than I meant to be. Uh, yesterday, when I was going to record and put this show together, uh, I unfortunately was not feeling well and uh, I came home from work and went straight to bed, you know. But uh, I'm uh, mostly better today, so here I am and I'm recording. And uh, I've got some fun stuff for you today. We're a little bit late to the game, but uh, I'll have my review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. I would like to have done this with Philip, but, uh, well, things didn't work out that way. I just need to get the show out, so I'm here flying solo once again. Although, later on in the show, Tim Nydell from Saturday Morning Rewind will join me, and we're going to have a discussion about growing up with the the different Mario incarnations and games that we had when when we were young. Not quite getting into the more of the 3D realm of uh, of Mario, with modern Mario games that some of the kids are probably more, more familiar with, but one of the ones, some of the games that we grew up with. We're going to talk about some of those, the animated series that we grew up with, and the uh, original live action movie. We'll talk about that a little bit. So we got that coming up, but along the way, I will have, of course, a review of the movie, and uh, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah, this was only the third season. I know it felt like Season 4 because the Book of Boba Fett. Kind of felt like Season 3 of uh, Mandalorian, didn't it? But that's okay. Uh, we, we got an actual Season 3 that's, that's now wrapped up on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to try not to spoil if you haven't finished it, but uh, I will discuss my thoughts on the show. Uh, that, we've got a little bit of news and uh, all this kind of fun stuff. Uh, I'm not really going to get into some of our usual segments because I really just need to get the show rolling, and I have a lot of conversation with Tim Nidell to share with you. So we're going to just get right into the fun, which means I need to... Uh, I guess hit a different button. Well, actually, we'll just let this music fade out. So, uh, well, before I start actually talking about, like, news, uh, I only have a couple of different things that I want to share with you that I kind of came across. Uh, that I thought was interesting. But uh, we'll go ahead and talk about what I've been watching this week because that's kind of a normal segment that I would do. I'm not going to worry about what I've been playing because I'm still playing the same things I was last week and still having a lot of fun with that. But what have I been watching? That's right, The Mandalorian Season 3. Now, I was seeing, you know, I was a little behind on it for a while, but I was seeing a lot of videos on YouTube and everybody saying, oh, well, this was just the worst season ever and this was da-da-da-da-da. There was even one that titled itself The Mandalorian Season 3, How to Waste Time, you know. And I will say this season probably was not as good as the previous seasons, but that doesn't mean it wasn't still good. I still uh, enjoyed watching the show. Uh, it it had a lot more moving parts and going a lot of different areas and bringing things together that seemed maybe unrelated, but it all came together by the end, and you kind of saw where it was going. But uh, it, it had a lot of different moving pieces. It was uh, trying to be a little bit more complex. And it did come down to some very exciting stuff. I mean, we had, uh, like, jetpack battles going on by the end. It was pretty awesome. Uh, and you got a little bit more information about the the Mandalorian culture and their split. And it uh, uh, makes me really need to go back and finish watching Star Wars Rebels because um, I didn't watch all of it. Uh, and I know it did introduce the Darksaber in that series. And get a little bit more information, I believe, how Bo-Katan ended up with it by the end of that series. Uh, and you get a little bit of information that I don't know was covered in the Rebels series. Of how Moff Gideon had gotten a hold of the uh, the dark saber, we got told the story, and I'm like, was this in the series? And I haven't watched it. I mean, heck, I'm I'm behind on a lot of things. Uh, in fact, the Bad Batch, I think I've mentioned, I I didn't realize I hadn't finished watching the first season, so I'd, I kind of need to catch up on that so I can watch season two, which everybody seems to have enjoyed that as well. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy uh, this, this third season. It wasn't maybe uh the same as the previous two. It's it felt a little meandery, a little wandery uh you know we, we kind of got a night of okay well i guess we're going to this event uh but it it kind of wandered its way getting there and maybe some people weren't able to cope with that I don't know, or they may have wanted a different pacing perhaps uh this was only 8 episodes i mean it went by pretty quick uh, i mean that's just a couple of months worth of episodes when you release once a week you know uh, but it uh, it was pretty much it was going where we expected it to go from how we left off the second season with uh, we're going to go and try to take back Mandalore and reclaim our home. And that was kind of a, a theme going on is like, you know, home. Uh, there's even an offer of home. Um, and my brain just went out, but Carl Weathers' character, you know, offered a home on, uh, he's really reformed that planet and that city that uh, he's now, overseeing. So we got to see that as a change, and he offers them some land uh, to the Mandalorians. Uh, you could see some changes that were possibly made due to the firing of Gina Carano, which I have not confirmed, but I've heard something about her suing Disney for lost uh, lost income or something like that. I think maybe it's a contract violation, uh, about 115 mil. Uh, that she is going after Disney for, uh, I don't know if that's entirely true. The the uh, I saw it uh, shared on social media to a website that I had not heard of. Although looking at some of the other stories that were on the website, I you know those were stories that I heard in other places that I knew were true. So uh, this this could be a true story then, but I you know I haven't seen it confirmed anywhere else. So, uh, but that was interesting. But you know they offered a job of being like a marshal to. Din Djarin, our Mandalorian character, and he turns it down, which that sounds like something that maybe um, uh, Car Dune would have been offered, you know, Gina Carano's character. Uh, we also had an interesting thing where Grogu gets a kind of a mech suit out of an IG unit, you know, the IG unit we've had from before, and, of course, he, he instantly just knows how to drive the thing, you know. It's like, how did he figure this out that quick? I mean... That they never explain that. He just kind of get he gets put in it, and he's just... He walks around and causes a little bit of, of a mishaps. but he figures it out pretty fast how to control the thing, which I found a little odd, uh, but it's not going to be a factor anymore. It was destroyed. Uh, spoiler warning, I guess. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, that whole... That setup seems like it might have been something. Well, maybe that was a Cara Dune role that as well that was going to be put in, because uh, it seems like this... Uh, this season, they really didn't know what to do with Grogu. His storyline that they had developed over the last two seasons has completed itself in a lot of ways. So they, it's like the first episode, maybe first two episodes, it's just, hey, Grogu, be cute. You know, there we go. Let's go look at Grogu for a second. You know, camera show Grogu. All right, now back to the story. Uh, he's just kind of there as a distraction. He's uh, He's got some moments, you know, where he's still participating. But, you know, we've spent two seasons where he was kind of the um, MacGuffin you know, of the entire thing, and now he's not. Now he's just finding his own way. Uh, But overall, I will say I did enjoy this season. It was maybe not as good as some of the other seasons, but it was still enjoyable, and uh, I think it's still worth a watch if you've been a fan of this series. It's still probably the best thing going on in Star Wars right now, uh, I believe, is the Mandalorian series. Um, All right, I do have a movie review, but before we do that, I do actually have some news. Uh, I'm just going to share one quick news story because I want to get on To um, the conversation with Tim Nidell. So,
0: spanning the Disney and Geek universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland.
1: Introducing the new LEGO Sonic collaboration featuring the iconic Blue Hedgehog. Sonic. Ooh, hey, make sure to mention how amazing my sets are. Please don't interrupt me. My bad. See you, Sonic. DJs? Yes. And eats e- chili dogs. Yep. And uses the speeds for you to go really fast. Hi. What? I think you need to emphasize how fast I am. I said you went really fast. Yeah, but I go really, really fast. You want me to say really, really fast? Actually, say really, really, really fast. <laughs> See as the Speed Sphere goes really, really, really... Could you add an awesome before Speed Sphere? Any other requests? Nah, you're doing great. C as the awesome Speed Sphere goes really, really, really fast.
0: Yeah!
1: Visit Sonic's fast friend, Tails, in his workshop with his iconic tornado plane. Time to do the barrel roll, Tails. Ho-ho-ho! Now let's head to Amy Rose's animal rescue island. Amy with her trusty hammer. Hey, Sonic. Yes, Mr Sky Voice? If you're really so fast, try and beat me to the Green Hill Zone Loop Challenge. Yes, gotcha, Sonic. Who's fast now? Now we can take our time admiring this nice loop-de-loop and nice ring bit. hmm Turn around. Mm-hmm. How did you get in here? I told you, I'm really, really, really fast. And I am really, really, really upset. Snubbed from the product reveal ad, am I rodent? You'll regret this too, Lego company. Oh oh boy, here we go.
2: So yeah, Lego has revealed the the theory. Oh, got it. that was not supposed to pop up. We'll talk about that here later, coming up in a trailer. But uh, yeah, so Lego has a Sonic the Hedgehog set or a few sets coming out uh, that they just announced. Now I'm not sure exactly when these are coming, uh, but they look really neat. And uh, what's what you unless you've seen the trailer, you don't get to see. I, I think this was pretty neat, innovative type of thing with the Green Hill Zone course or whatever loop de loop set. You put the Sonic minifig into this uh, blue. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's around it. Basically, it's supposed to look like when Sonic has, you know, gone into his rolly mode. I don't know if that's the correct word. The <laughs> But, you know, when he was supposed to have curled up to where you can roll. It looks like that. And that's it fits in a launcher. So you can launch it and roll it and uh, and send it through the loop-de-loop and through a ring and all this kind of stuff. And so Sonic can move really fast and you can have him rolling along. Uh, but it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan, so I'm not as familiar with some of the other characters. But these look like very fun sets. Uh, reminiscent of the Super Mario Brothers sets that Lego has been making, but those have a little bit more electronic devices in it. Uh, this seems more like typical, but of course, being Lego, I'm sure it's going to be super, super expensive. Okay, the second thing I want to get to because we haven't talked to uh, talked about it yet, but Free Comic Book Day is May the sixth this year. That's coming up very quickly. In fact, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will, of course, come out that same weekend. So, of course, make a day of it. That's what I usually do. Uh, But I have a list of the comics that are uh, expected to be there, uh, free, uh, that uh, you can find at freecomicbookday.com. Some highlights. uh, That's interesting. Something called an Archie Horror Presents Cursed Library. That's interesting. Uh, But there's an Avengers X-Men. We've got a Conan book. We've got a Spider-Man and Venom book in here, which, of course, I'll have to pick that up. There's a Red Sonya, She-Devil with a Sword, Uh, something called Ranger Academy. I'm not sure what that is. There's a lot of different things here. This is all the gold stuff. There's an Umbrella Academy book with The Witcher included, which I guess is probably two separate stories. A Star Trek Day of Blood Uh, amongst the Silver Comics. My goodness, let's see. We've got an Animal Crossing and Kirby Manga Mania, a crossover uh, issue, of course, with some Nintendo characters there. Let's see. Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. That just sounds fun. I don't even know what that's about. Uh, Babysitter's Little Sister Karen's haircut. Okay. Met Cadets Marvel's Voices. Okay. Uh, looks like we also have a Mad Balls versus Garbage Pail Kids comic. Uh, Koto Kotora, which I am curious about. Uh, the, there's Dave Alvarez, who has been a Disney artist. Uh, he does a lot of great fan art, but this is one of his characters. And one of his, uh, I think he's done some animation with the character as well. If you follow him on Facebook and whatnot and Instagram, he uh, does a lot of really great artwork. Uh, and he's got a comic book. I remember him announcing this. There's a, it looks to be. A Disney Nightmare Before Christmas Battle for Pumpkin King. Uh, Let's see. Something called Princeless. Punch Up. Spidey and Friends. Uh, That's the Amazing Friends. That's the very childish ones. We have a Smurf comic. There we go. Shadow Man Dark Legacy. That looks interesting. Uh, There's a RuneScape book for those of you who play RuneScape. Oh, look. A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. Ooh, I think that's something I'm going to have to be interested in. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a Street Fighter Six book, pretty much, I think, uh, getting us rolling for the next uh, game. Star Wars High Republic Adventures, and it mixed with an Avatar the Last Airbender. Tom Holland's Fright Night. Well, that's interesting. Hmm, I, wonder if, I think it is related to the old movies. Uh, but yeah, those are some of the highlights. There's a, there are more than what I have mentioned here. And if you would like to check out more, make sure you visit freecomicbookday.com. The Neverland Trailer Park. Okay, here's the trailer that I clicked the wrong thing and I nearly had it play earlier. But here we go.
1: Come earn your tune degree at Acme University. Yeah, 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 yeah. Acme Lou is responsible for shaping the greatest tune since 1933. You're welcome. We've got everything to aid in your education. Large dormitory halls, a great campus meal plan, a state-of-the-art Toonie ball field, and a library probably. Major in topics that really matter, while studying under our esteemed faculty and alumni. Here at Acme Lou, we take our Toon studies very seriously. We've won every major academic award for tomfoolery. Enroll at Acme University today and fulfill your chol Get it? Huh? Huh?
2: All right. So coming this fall, Tiny Toons at University—basically a uh, a reimagining, uh, if you will, of the classic Tiny Toon Adventures. Which uh, this one is going to have Lola Lola Bunny in there, which it's hard to tell what personality they're giving her because she's had at least two personalities that I've seen (laughs) between being the ditz and being the the awesome athlete type one. Maybe they're going to combine it. I don't know. Uh, they, Of course, you know, got some different voices. It's because it's that's rebooting and you know starting over from scratch. I've heard the relation between Bugs and Buster, B- B- Babs and Buster Bunny has been changed to where they they are a relation, even though that was a running gag. No relation. Now there is a relation. I guess they've decided. I, d- I don't know if they're supposed to be brother and sister. I can't remember what I read. Didn't we talk about this a long time ago? Uh, but this doesn't look bad. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Tiny Toons. I liked Tiny Toons, but uh, it they relied way too much on the slapstick. Without, I don't know, it didn't it didn't felt like it had the the proper setup and timing like a, the classic Looney Tunes had that made it funny. Um, so it was just seemed like overdone. It was like over, you know, how many times can we hit somebody over the head with a hammer? You know, just done again and again and again and again. Yeah, that kind of thing in an episode. And it just didn't really let the jokes go very well. Uh, so we'll see how this one turns out. Uh, I'm kind of curious at what they've done. Uh, I don't necessarily trust Warner Brothers to not mess up stuff because they have, they really have messed up stuff that were not their own properties, but we'll see, uh, this we'll find out in the fall. I guess this is going to be on Cartoon Network. Uh, I do not have Cartoon Network, but I'm sure HBO Max will be getting the episodes at some point. So I'll take a look. I'll, we'll see what they've done. It looks like they've tried to keep the same feel of the wacky, uh, new, wackiness and hitting people over the head slapstick. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just see what goes on there. But what the uh, trailer that's got me very excited this week is we've got, uh, well, I guess I thought it was going to be the final trailer for The Flash, but they're just going to be trailer number two. But, yeah, we had a new trailer for The Flash, and I was waiting, and I wasn't going to do the show until I'd gotten a chance to look at this and share it with you. Here we go. I lost my parents.
1: That pain made me who I am spent a lifetime trying to right the wrongs of the past as if fighting crime would bring my parents back
3: you actually did it
0: I can't imagine what you've been through
2: I love you monkey
0: <laughs> you lost both parents in one day
2: Fairy! I went back in time to save my parents.
1: But instead, I completely broke the universe. If you went back and changed the past, this world must die. You changed the
2: future.
0: Do you know what this symbol stands for?
2: Means hope, right?
0: I will help you fight Zod.
3: You want to get nuts?
1: Let's get nuts.
2: I have to undo what I did.
1: These scars we have. Make us who we are. I'm not meant to go back and fix them. No your tragedy to find you. What did you do? No matter what we do, we're not gonna be able to fix this. No! Drop to your parachutes.
0: Where's yours!
2: June 16th, The Flash. Uh, basically, it's the Flashpoint Paradox story uh, brought to the screen in a very different way. Uh, in fact, is in the Flashpoint Paradox, if you read the, the actual comics, you've got uh, Thomas Wayne uh, is suddenly uh, alive and uh, Martha and Bruce were killed. And so he's a he's become a Batman as an older Batman but instead of that we get they, they I guess they figured we would you know they were going to fan service this a little bit after seeing what Marvel did bringing you know multiple spider around uh, we get multiple Batmans. You know, so <laughs> this looks kind of cool. Uh, so let me read the description for you. Uh, Warner Brothers Pictures presents The Flash, directed by Andy Mushida, who did the It films and Mama horror movies. Interesting. Uh, Ezra Miller reprises the role as Barry Allen in the DC, DC Superheroes' first ever standalone feature film. Uh, well, let's not get into the controversy of that. Uh, that is Ezra Miller and his problems. I mean, we've already got Jonathan Majors over at Marvel, who... Uh, has his legal problems uh, to deal with now. And I'm not sure what's going to happen because of that. But uh, DC's went ahead and you know, just they needed to release this movie. Even though I'm, I'm not really keen on Ezra Miller as The Flash, I didn't really like him in that Justice League movie. But uh, it says here, Worlds collide in The Flash when Barry uses his superpowers to travel back in time in order to change the events of the past. But when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future... Barry becomes trapped in a reality in which General General Zod has returned, threatening annihilation, and there are no superheroes to turn to. That is, unless Barry can coax a very different Batman out of retirement and rescue an imprisoned Kryptonian, albeit not the one he's looking for. Ultimately, to save the world that he is in and return to the future that he knows, Barry's only hope is to race for his life, but will making the ultimate sacrifice be enough to reset the universe? So Flash has an ensemble cast here. Rising star Sasha Cali, I think? Michael Shannon... Uh, Ron Livingston. Yeah, I you know that Ron Livingston from Office Space. Mm-hmm. Uh Maribel Verdu. Uh, Kirstie Kirsty Clemens, uh, who appeared in Jack Snyder's Justice League. Uh and do try, I don't know if I could say that. Oh, of course, but Michael Keaton, you know, from the, the original 1989 Batman. Uh, we'll just go from there. Uh so I'm the more I see of it, I'm actually kind of like wanting to see that again. Uh, and oh, here, this is interesting. So there was somebody actually commented here on YouTube. It says, I know we're all excited to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. So am I, but is anyone else besides me happy to see Michael Shannon as General Zod again? Might just be you, dude. Might just be you. I mean, there might be some other ones, but he was not my favorite Zod. Uh, I, but I don't know if that's good, the writing or just his, his performance. I'm not sure which didn't make it work for me, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it would be nice if we could have had Terrence Stamp some other show up again, that'd have been cool. But you know, he's he's gone uh far too soon. Uh, him and Christopher Reeve both it would have been nice for them to both be able to make an appearance. If Christopher Reeve had not, you know, ended his life in a wheelchair uh, and had not, you know, passed away because you know of you know the life he had in a wheelchair after his accident on a, a horse and was paralyzed. Uh, either way, but. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to this. This look kind of looks cool, so you know we'll we'll just see. Uh, this this might be one of the best DC movies we've had in a long time. I don't know. It has the potential. I mean, it looks cool. Uh, it's kind of weird. We got a Supergirl instead of Superman, but you know, hey, that's it's an alternate future. But I'm wondering, you know, like how that's altered. Uh, the fate of Krypton with what the Flash did. I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie. This, it looked pretty exciting on this trailer. There are some other trailers that have been going over the last couple of weeks, but uh, really, I want to get you straight into our fun content and welcome our guest, Mr. Tim Nidell. All right, so with me now, for anyone that remembers Saturday Morning Rewind, and heck, if you happen to remember the Mighty Marvel Tooncast, which I have considered bringing it back, uh, but we have Tim Nidell with us from Saturday Morning Rewind, and also upcoming, uh, I I guess you're focusing more on YouTube in this upcoming project you're working on?
3: Exactly, upcoming project coming out maybe end of this year, possibly beginning of next year, but I'm excited about it. And the name, I'm keeping the Rewind theme. It's going to be called Pressing Rewind with Tim Nidell.
2: And you're going to do a little bit more than just cartoon rewinds? You're going to look at uh, some other things this time?
3: Exactly. It can be anything rewind, anything retro-ish, any person involved in anything prior to the year 2000. That's kind of what I'm focusing on. (laughs) So including video games, I'm sure. Exactly. Video games, comic books, um, novels, stuff like that. Stuff that I would have been interested in or was interested in as a kid or teenager.
2: Yep. So kind of similar to what we do over here. So awesome. Yep, and But you are needing some help on this. I
3: am, yeah. So I just started a GoFundMe where um, people can help out. Honestly, you can just give a buck. You know, that's it, it pays for something. It goes towards something. <laughs> right. And uh, so right now I'm just trying to finish off. So the reason why I can't possibly start until the beginning of next year is because I just need help getting the things required that I need before starting it. Because it really – I don't want to start the project and not have it look exactly the way I envisioned it in my mind, you know? Yeah. And I've honestly been in pre-production for over a year. I just now started talking about it. But I've been in (laughs) pre-production for over a freaking year. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I just started GoFundMe. So you can help out by doing anything on there. Um, I did announce this thing on my uh, YouTube page. If you just type in pressing rewind with Tim Nidell, you'll find it where if anybody donates $100, you will get this little plaque on one of the uh, movie theater seats that I'll be sitting in for every video. I, I picked up these movie theater seats when my local theater closed down a couple of years ago. And uh, that's what I'll be sitting in. And, you know, the little spot on your seat where it says, like, donated by or dedicated mm-hmm. by. So, so I'm, I'm, I'll put a little plaque on there if you donate $100 or more.
2: So if you look real close, you'll see your name in the
3: video. (laughs) I'll show it. I plan on making a really cool Walt Disney-esque very first video, kind of like a walkthrough of the set like he would do with Disneyland and stuff like that. (laughs) I plan to do that for the first episode, so I'll show it on that episode, especially that one. But I'll also post it on my Instagram and stuff like that, too.
2: And so right, where's that Instagram at? Um, Oh, gosh. Trying to think. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if people search, you know, uh, I think even for Saturday Morning Rewind, I bet people can still find you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm so. still doing Saturday Morning Rewind now. It's
3: just very uh, more uh, yeah. scarce than it used to be.
2: Yeah, but you did have a fun one with Brett Iwen, uh, That was kind of fun you got to actually host with him because when he came yeah. to Kansas City, I got to go to his panel, and I got an autographed photo with it you know, signed and everything, but we weren't allowed to talk to or ask any questions yeah. of him or, you know, outside of the panel. Wasn't even allowed to record the panel when he came in, so I was like, oh, man. I just have to oh, tell man. everybody about it, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a lot I, of fun.
3: He's a great guy. I've had him on twice now, and, yeah, got to have him on a panel. Then we talked a good 20 minutes after the panel, and, uh... Good, very good guy. Very yeah. sweet guy. Yeah.
2: And I don't, I don't know if he still has a home around here. He used to work at Hallmark Cards here in this area. So I don't know yeah. if he still has a home yeah. here. And I should bug probably. him.
3: He probably lives in California now. Only. Yeah,
2: I'm thinking. Because, you know, they're keeping him busy here. Because I get to hear oh, yeah. his voice even uh, I was actually today playing Disney Dreamlight. And I recognize his style of Mickey every time oh. Mickey comes and talks.
3: <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
2: So, But uh, we, of course, we, you know, we, 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 we dove in here for a very particular reason. Because we got to go and share some memories. In fact, we're going to go in a weird kind of direction on this. A well, way you might not have expected. You were a fan of Popeye, though, back in the day, I'm sure, right? Popeye? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when we were little, we would have loved to have had a video game of Popeye. Now, granted, we did get one later. But we almost got one a little sooner. Shigeru Miyamoto actually wanted to make a Popeye game featuring, of course, Popeye, Bluto, and Olive Oil. Had an idea for it, but did not get the licensing. So he's like I need I need somebody. I need something big. I know Bluto kind of looks like an uh, like an ape. So Donkey Kong <laughs> came our way and it was almost a Popeye game. And but that was that was like the beginning of of everything for Mario, although he was Jumpman. Which uh, you haven't gotten to see the new Super Mario Brothers movie. You're going to have so much fun with that, by the way. Oh my goodness! No, I'm
3: looking forward to it. Just having the chance to
2: watch it yeah Because there's a little bit of acknowledgement to Jumpman in there. You kind of, you can kind of okay. see him wearing like the old classic kind of plaid shirt and tie. You kind of, you know, and he's even playing an arcade game that's called Jumpman back there. There are so many oh. little throw-ins. Uh, I, I don't know if I you could even, by even cover and talk about some of the stuff we remember of this. Uh, I don't even know if we could hit every little Easter egg that they managed to squeeze into that movie. I mean, hold the cannoli. Um. It's amazing, but yeah. So uh, I'm I'm only a couple years older than you because you're what 43 now. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So you know, you know, we were still both pretty young at Donkey Kong. But do you remember getting to play Donkey Kong in the arcade mainly, or did oh, you? Man, uh, man. I mainly got to play on the Atari, like the Coleco yeah, case.
3: I, I don't think I ever played it on the Atari. I think it was only in the arcade and especially on the NES when it was on the NES. Yeah. Did you get I, that? I, I played set? It more on the NES, but I definitely played it in the arcade as well.
2: Yeah, I think I might have played a little bit in the arcade, but I was not good at arcade games when I was that small. But we had uh, originally when they put it on the Atari, they had like it was I think ColecoVision or something had gotten the rights Mm. to to make it. So it was that it was it had like this weird kind of uh, gray sides on the casing, so it was a little bit different. Which apparently there was a uh, a different release for Donkey Kong at the time, and eventually they did get a better, almost better arcade point uh, apparently for a. Uh, not the Atari 2600, but for, like, what the what do they call it? The 3200 or something that came later. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, the Nintendo definitely had the better port. And when we first got our Nintendo, we got the one that it was paired with Donkey Kong Jr. Yep, I got that one. But it didn't have every level that was in the arcade game for Donkey Kong. It was missing some, which I'd yeah. forgotten about until I played in the arcade, um, like, years later. Huh. Was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Something's not right. Something's not right. I only got three stages, and there's actually, like, four or five. <laughs> before you get of course you know when you're knocking the little pegs through and i i remember like there there seemed, seemed to be a little bit of confusion on okay so how did this happen because i remember there were coloring books where uh, mario was like a construction worker and this ape suddenly shows up with a girl and runs up the construction site and mario's like well i'm going to go save this girl well jump man uh and i don't know if they even named her Pauline at the time <laughs> Well, then in other, other cases I've heard where he was actually supposed to be like a animal trainer at a circus, and maybe he wasn't such a great guy after all. <laughs> and so Donkey Kong getting his revenge took his girlfriend up to the top of the uh, construction site that way? Interesting. Now, I, I don't know what the truth is, but people have thought that. That's almost as frightening as when you looked at the Super Mario Brothers Nintendo uh, booklet, and a uh, strategy guide talking about Bowser was actually turning mushroom people into bricks, and so those bricks you're breaking used to be mushroom people. Oh, thank God. <laughs> True story, y'all. Look it up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, the creepy things that we learn when we when we dive too far into these things. But yeah, that was our introduction to Donkey Kong. I mean, they were just, they were sequels. I mean, you had Donkey Kong Junior, then to the Donkey Kong Three, which Donkey Kong Three is. I mean, that's weird. I never got good at that one. That was I I couldn't quite get the handle of that one. That was where we you're spraying I, bugs. I don't remember
3: even playing it much because I didn't like it.
2: Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I think it's available though. Like. If you have a Nintendo Switch online, I think they have Donkey Kong 3 as a playable okay, yeah, game. I do
3: have it online, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I've tried to play it again. I'm like, you know, I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they were thinking with that game. Like, who wanted to go and play, uh, you know, with Mario spraying bugs? Okay. At least they yeah. were trying something different. It's one of those times that yeah, I think... Yep. Given that. Yeah. Nintendo frequently would have a game that was one thing in Japan, and then they would Americanize it. And it's like, well, let's make it for Americans. So I wonder if it was like an entirely different game. They thought, uh, exactly. I know, the Americans like this little Jumpman. Let's, let's make a Donkey Kong game out of it.
3: Like what they did with the um, Mario 2. What was it called in mm-hmm. Japan? I the original game. But, you know, it wasn't a Mario game, but they just plastered Mario all over it.
2: Yeah, let's see. Oh, because I've pulled up all kinds of different stuff, and I'm looking now for what was that. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Scroll, scroll. Pardon me. Pardon. I'm drinking a Coca-Cola here. Wow. You know what? Because there was, you know, Super Mario Bros. the last level. There we go. No, uh, no, 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 I should have had this pulled up long before. Because it used to be... I'm going to find this thing. I swear I am. I'll find it by the time we actually get to that game if <laughs> we try to go through every level. But uh, I the other thing that was really fun uh, after Donkey Kong, uh, and I mainly played most of this uh, on a uh, Commodore sixty four. Did you ever play on one of those? No, I, uh, I didn't. It was didn't
3: basically
2: had one. yeah, it was like a, basically like a uh, kind of like a computer keyboard, but you could hook a disk drive up to it, and it hooked up mm-hmm. to your TV. But so you could, you know, you get a bunch of different games to play on it. And that's how I played most of my time with my brother playing Mario Brothers, which did get onto the Atari, but I never played it on the Atari. Did you ever play that one at all? I've only played it on the,
3: um, let's see, was it ever on the NES? I know it was on the SNES because it was on the uh, All Stars, the Mario All Stars.
2: Um,. I think it was think, on the NES. I mean, I know on Super Mario Three, if you if you were playing exactly, two players and you hit you, on the other guy, you'd play a level out yeah, of, super,
3: exactly. of regular. That was always fun. That was probably my introduction. There was on Mario Three because I don't think I've ever I don't think I ever played it in the arcade either.
2: I think I remember seeing it in the arcade, but yeah. I didn't really play it until you know, on the Commodore sixty four, and I had gotten pretty good at it. You know, uh, my brother and I were pretty good teaming up on that. I was always Luigi. That was our, at least the first introduction to me, uh, of Luigi. I've I've seen other videos even on YouTube where people talk about, oh Luigi first popped up actually here and I'm like what? What are you talking about? Because he popped up in mm. Mario Brothers, yeah. It's because they yeah. wanted to make it two players simultaneous, and that's also where you get the introduction of the Pal Block. Uh, it's also where you started having crabs. Uh, we mm-hmm. all got crabs playing Mario. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. I'm just sorry. <laughs> but you had turtles and crabs that would come out of these things. You'd punch them from underneath and flip them over. Uh, the crabs you have to hit twice. And then you'd have to go kick them off. A coin would pop up. And so all these different little elements uh, actually continue when they made Super Mario Brothers, which is actually a sequel to Mario Brothers. And that's where you know the turtles came from. But instead of crabs, they decided to give us Goombas, little mushroom people. Mm-hmm. Now... I, I I gotta say, the first time I saw Super Mario Brothers in the arcade, I was like, "Oh, it's another Mario game!" and I was super excited. And I, I was it was blow, blew me away because I don't think up to that point we'd ever had a side-scrolling platform game. I mean, I don't remember one. Do you? I no, no, I don't. Now I that mean, you say it I'm, other than I Moon don't. Patrol, maybe. Yeah, but there was just something different about Super Mario Brothers. It you know it had two buttons. Yeah, it was mind blowing. Ex- <laughs> it's
3: time. <laughs> and and t- I tell you what, that game, I spent uh, how many hours as a kid? I have no idea. Probably days, months. I just was addicted to that game as a kid.
2: Oh, yeah. Because I, I had friends that would get their Nintendos long before I ever did, and I was always well, there trying to figure that game out, and then you start figuring out where the warp zones are, and then... And... Yeah. You figure out find all the secrets. The wild thing is uh you know after I you know you know where a lot of secrets especially in uh, in, in World 1 2 and you got certain areas where you break bricks and and, and find hidden yep. coin things. You get in the arcade version? It wasn't there. Oh really? I didn't know that. That surprised me. I remember one time I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to place super more bricks here yeah. in the arcade." Da, 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 da. And then suddenly I go over to where like there was a hidden coin thing. I was like, "Wait a minute, that was a normal brick. It just broke." It's not there. Now, I think there might have been some secrets, but uh, maybe just in different places. And I don't know if they didn't have warp zones in the arcade or not, but having it on the console with you know that was the beginning of having game secrets. Other than you know the very first Easter egg where the guy put his name in adventure on Atari, but this is like the first yeah. time we had. I can cheat and skip levels. I know, like
3: I can beat the game now in under like nine minutes. Yeah, as a kid. But yeah, I think I was about the same as a kid, and so so you said you got it later at home. When did you get the uh, NES and the Mario game at at home?
2: Let's see, because you know I I grew up pretty broke, um, so I know I think we were like a couple years. I think what they released it like in '85, '85, '86. I probably got mine about '88. Well, it was Christmas, so it might have been like '87. Okay, and we got we got it about the time that uh, I think what finally convinced my mom to get one is they had the. Like the power pad that you could run on, yeah. So you're supposed yeah, to yeah. exercise. So we got so to I set that the power pad, a light gun for Doug Hunt and Mario, and it was yep. all on one one uh, cartridge.
3: Yep. So you would have been probably 87 because we got ours in 87 as well and had that exact same combo, mm-hmm. all mixed in together. So yeah, 87. I, I remember it was Christmas for us too. I remember I had the uh, I had the flu oh. that Christmas and we opened up our present and it was the NES and a couple games and my parents did not even let me play it because I had the flu.
2: Yeah, they didn't.
3: They couldn't <laughs> said I couldn't even watch my brother play it. So I got sent to my room while he played it because they thought I'd get more sick, Aww. more motion like sickness. And so he's in there in the living room playing the NES. The that, I was okay. sent to my
2: room. You cannot play until Aww. we had taken down the tree and all yeah, the decorations ours, the only for rule Christmas Mama and vacuumed the floor. Day, she was and so you know, normally like a Christmas about. day. That would have been like, okay, we're going to open our presents and we're going to go to grandma's house and it's going to be a family and all this stuff. That day turned into, okay, we got to clean up the whole living room and everything and then we can finally hook this thing up and it was just playing games we, and, and we'd gotten a lot of different games. We actually got, uh, I think, Contra, which became one of my favorites, uh, mm-hmm. Kabuki Quantum Fighter, which I had only heard of and like, I used to watch uh, like this ridiculous game show, I forgot what it was called now, I had this really whacked out dude hosting and... Uh, Basically, you'd have kids that had to competitively play Nintendo games and then ask your answer trivia. It was on like really early in the mornings. And then you would win cartridges. And he would uh, he would actually always give away cartridges of Kubuki Quantum Fighter. And he would say, hmm. Kubuki Quantum Fighter for you. Um, it, it was, <laughs> I cannot think of the name of this. I actually did find some clips of it on YouTube once. Hmm. Uh, but it was, it reminded me of like you probably remember watching StarCade where they'd have the arcade game game yeah. show on Saturday mornings. It, it was kind of yep. like that. Except for it was a Nintendo, and they would give you tips on all these different Nintendo games. Huh. But it came on before school, and so I'd watch it every morning. So I was like, "Oh, hey, I know what this game is. I think I, I know what it exists." But I remember Contra, and uh, let's see, I think it was probably a golf game. Yeah, I think it's like Elite Ravino Golf. That because my dad wanted to play a golf game, so we got like a handful of games and everything to get started with, and just kind of spent the day. But I uh, I remember watching my dad trying to play Super Mario Brothers, and I thought I had been bad at it when I first started. Wow. <laughs> Dad was one of those people you'd see where you'd have the controller and he would try to move Mario by moving the controller itself across oh, the screen. Uh, so
3: he'd be good with the uh, Wii then.
2: <laughs> yeah, you might have. Or a power glove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was hilarious. But we were just being so embarrassed like, Dad, the jump button is on A, okay? Because he'd run them, fall off cliffs or he'd run right into a Goomba. You know, my parents never got the hang of that kind of thing. So I don't think my parents ever even tried. I only remember my dad playing the pinball
3: game oh, for the NES, and that was it. So I <laughs> they never tried.
2: Yeah, I remember though. By by the following Christmas, it was like a parlor trick because my uh, my uncle, aunt, and uncle they had gotten a Nintendo about the same time. Uh, I think they actually got the same set. But by the following Christmas, I could beat Super Mario Brothers. And so I actually demonstrated beating Super Mario Brothers while we were all nice. over there in the living room. Nice. Because uh, it, it took a while to memorize, like, World 8-4, because you had, like, certain, you know, count two pipes, and then got to go up there, and then you're going to hit this, and then got to get up there. You know. It was all this complicated stuff, but, yeah, it, it took me a year to where I could finally beat it. And that I think that's the first game I was ever actually to beat. Uh, well, no, Contra. Maybe I beat Contra first, because I was playing the heck out of Contra. Yeah. And you, plus, you got the 30 lives cheat with the yellow, the Konami code. Although I eventually got, I played that so much that I could beat that game in one life. Wow. Because <laughs> I played it so much over the summers. Oh, man, I loved Contra. Can't do it now. Uh, I got a Contra collection on my Switch, but I, I cannot do it in one life. And they, they deactivated the Konami code on there. Did they? Yeah, it won't work. And I was like, man. It, man. So now I got to try to beat it in three lives with three continues again, <laughs> which I think I did manage to do. I haven't played it in a while. Uh, Super C was a lot harder. But anyways, we're not talking about Contra. <laughs> we're supposed to be talking Mario. <laughs> so... Oh, uh, yeah. Did, so I figure you, of course, you beat the first one. Uh, Super Mario 2. Now, we there were Super Mario, which became known as the uh, Lost Levels, which we didn't get until the Super Nintendo. But we got a Super Mario 2, and I was, I was looking here, uh, but I cannot find what the name of the original game was before they turned it into a Mario game and sent it over here. Because they thought that we wouldn't be able to handle uh, their version of Super Mario 2. They thought it was too difficult. And I, I will say when I did play it on the, the Super Nintendo, playing the lost levels, I did not know about, you know, mushrooms of a different color and would kill you. I know. Seriously,
3: I remember that. Yeah.
2: So I don't think I ever got through that first level because I was like, hey, that's a dirty trick. I was like, this isn't fun. They poison my mushrooms. Uh, but I'm Super sure Mario 2. It, it
3: was probably in the manual, you know, which <laughs> yeah. I, I never read. Did you ever read the manuals in the old Nintendo games? I never um, read them. I don't think. Maybe... I guess maybe for like Bike when you had to build your own map and yeah. everything, I may have, but for the most part, I didn't.
2: I think I read like certain manuals. I read like for the NES. I remember re- reading the PlayStation manuals because they were, had like cool pictures and stuff, so I'd read over it, you know. But the Super Nintendo, I think I got a lot of games used, and I didn't get a manual because that was about the time where you started having game shops that would, you know, you could do yeah. game swaps and stuff.
3: And so, yeah, my dad's my dad's good friend used to do like a. Flea market thing with NES games, and he we used to buy them for 20 bucks a pop. Well, that's not bad. And back, back then, that was good too. Yeah. I mean, they were going for like 50 bucks back then, yeah. That's so pretty I, I good. looked it, I found it out. Super Mario 2 is based, it, it was Doki Doki Panic.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, because I, I, I didn't see it highlighted. I saw a Doki Doki Panic or Doki Doki or whatever, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that pop. was it. Okay, so I've been looking at it the whole time and didn't realize it. Well. Wow. <laughs> I'll, I failed at that one. Uh, did you ever manage to finish the what we got for Super Mario 2?
3: It's funny. I, not until, like, the first time I ever beat it was about three years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I, as a kid, I, I guess I made it far-ish as a kid. But I finally beat it about two or three years ago.
2: Yeah, I think I found that there are some warps if you use your potions at the right thing and go around to certain vases or vases or whatever. Yep, yep, there is, yep. there is, And I think I did go to where I I went and got to the final boss, but I got my butt whooped severely. Uh, It's
3: it's, it's not an easy game. No, really is. But I I appreciated it. Even as a kid, I I liked the fact that it was different from the first Mario. You know, I didn't dislike it like some people do. I I think it was a great game.
2: It took me a while to warm up to it, because I remember when I first played it, I tried to stomp something, and I was like, it's not working. What am I supposed to be doing here? I know. I'm writing on this character. What's yeah. wrong? What's going on? But the the what I appreciate most about this version of Super Mario 2 is this is around the time that we got... Uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and you, there was there was a cartoon mixed with some live action characters, mm-hmm. but the cartoon was based more off Super Mario Two because you'd occasionally they'd have radishes and they would throw stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and you, they'd have that more often than they would find a power up. And the music in the background is often from Mario Two. Yes, it was well, because Super Mario only really had like what three themes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> then the Mario Two had like you know <laughs> a kind of a bit more variety, not as you know not a whole lot, yes. but. But we so yeah, a few th- different themes. Mario Three sounds too, right? If I remember correctly, uh, was well, also that came later. That came later, okay. There, yeah, because the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Let's see, when did this debut? I think yeah, nineteen December first ran September fourth to December first, nineteen eighty nine. There actually okay, isn't, so- a, isn't a full amount of episodes, uh, but it it caught on big. I mean, mainly I think what got my attention because I was like, Captain Lou, it's Captain Lou. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Wells as Luigi, I didn't I didn't know of him from anything, but I have spotted he was a bartender on Three's Company as a, a side character every once in a while. Okay. okay. But yeah, so they would be your live action, and uh, I thought for a long time Captain Lou wasn't voicing Mario in the animated, but apparently he did. Yep, he did, <laughs> as far as I know, yeah. Yeah, but he had a very distinct voice. But this is what I've, I've found really kind of funny here lately, is I got used to them being very, just Brooklyn, you know, they talk like a couple of New Yorkers. So when we get into the the modern age where people have gotten used on the Mario 64, it's to me, I'm Mario. And you got this really bad uh, stereotypical (laughs) Italian accent. And people were mad that they weren't using it in this new movie. I'm like, really? Come on. You know, most of us grew up with – they're from Brooklyn. They should talk like people from Brooklyn.
3: Exactly. I mean, most of us our age grew up with him not talking whatsoever.
2: Yeah.
3: And then in the cartoon, you know, it was Lou. It had more of that Brooklyn sound or – like in the original Super Mario Brothers live action movie, the same Brooklyn sound. Yeah. So.
2: Yep. So I was I was I was no problem with Chris Pratt. I'm like, cool, as long as he can sound like he's from Brooklyn, I don't care.
0: Yeah. I was yeah, I'm Fine with
2: that. Yeah. Because this, th- I mean, this cartoon was great. You'd get like four. Uh, it was five days a week, so four episodes of a Super Mario Brothers would be the cartoon that would be that was hosted, kind of hosted, I guess, by the live action. And then on Fridays, you get a, a Legend of Zelda uh, cartoon that was not near as good, yeah, but. but that- yeah, But it's still kind of iconic just because, excuse me, princess. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then I love the uh, guests, the live action sequences oh, where all goodness. the guests would come in, like Sergeant Slaughter and yeah. I remember um, Ernie Hudson, I remember an episode, Cindy Lauper, I think. Yeah,
2: didn't you ever hear Ernie Hudson came and he was actually supposed to be a Ghostbuster?
3: Yeah, he was. Because yeah. Yeah. they thought they had a
2: ghost in their little shop. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just love. It. I I mean, I love the live action sequences just as much as the cartoon yeah. cartoon sequences too.
2: Wow, and I, I'm actually looking here uh, on the uh, the Wikipedia has a list of all the live action guest stars. Huh? <laughs> Even Harry Blackstone Jr. Remember he used to sell those magic kits for kids? Wow. Oh my wow. goodness. Uh, Elvira making an appearance. Nicole Eggert. I remember her popping up. They got her all filthified. And she went to a party as a <laughs> all dirty. Moon Zappa, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, Gary Owens even. Oh, my gosh. Gary Owens. Oh, somebody great. And Maurice LaMarcha, who popped up as Inspector Gadget. Wow. I need to find
3: that clip. I have yes. I have a series on DVD. I wonder if I could watch it.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, And if you don't have it on DVD, it's on Tubi, folks. Okay. It's it's great fun watching it on Tubi. You have to watch occasionally some commercials, but that's okay. But, oh, they don't have the Legend of Zelda episodes in there for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why, but you can watch the cartoon of Legend of Zelda separately on Tubi. I got that on DVD as well. Nice. It's it's just fun to watch, even if it's terrible. It's fun to watch. It's a
3: bad show, but it's fun to watch.
2: <laughs> it's probably better than a lot of other stuff we probably used to watch. <laughs> I mean, there was what was it Turbo, where the kid turned into a car?
3: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I barely remember that. I barely remember.
2: That. <laughs> yeah, that was not a great show. <laughs> well, but this cartoon made it. You know, it just. It exploded because Mario was such a popular thing at the time, to where it uh, ran for a certain amount of time. At one point, they even swapped out to a couple of different characters, and they didn't have Mario and Luigi hosting. They had these kids that were up on a rooftop, and it was just bad. But what they ended up doing is they made a Saturday morning cartoon with different voices. But they did Super Mario Brothers three as a cartoon on Saturday mornings. It was I think it was even part of a um, part of a lineup with uh, Captain N. I believe it was like yes. it was either that or. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, because eventually they had Super Mario World as an animated series as well. But I think yeah. Captain yeah. N had started early enough that it was part it of Super did, Mario yeah. Bros.
3: Three. I think. I think you're right. Yep. So, so that's when the music from Number Three would come in. I'm assuming then on the show.
2: Yeah, and the the music on Three is was just fantastic. Yeah, because Super Mario Bros. Three definitely utilized that and it got them back to using more power ups than throwing vegetables. And yeah. Super Mario Three, I remember being super excited for that one. Uh, and I think the first time I played it, we, our, uh, the, I was in middle school by that time, and we'd have a carnival for the United Way on a, fr- a certain Friday. And everybody's homeroom, you would try to set up some sort of activity that people would come and pay money to do, and then the money would go to the United Way. And uh, certain rooms would always set up the, the, the room arcade, and people would bring in their Nintendos, and somebody had brought in uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. And a, 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 I think 50 cents would get you like two minutes of play on Super Mario 3, and that's the first time I got to play, and I was, like, trying to get wow. as far as I possibly could, like, this is amazing! Like, there's a map!
3: My first introduction to the game would have been the movie The Wizard. Oh, with, yeah! Uh, Fred wow! Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just a, a hour-and-a-half-long commercial for Nintendo and yep. Mario 3. Yeah, I watched <laughs> it once.
2: I loved, I, it. I loved every minute of it being a commercial. Yep. Yep. Even having the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in there.
3: Especially as a kid because a lot of, or not a lot of it. Some of it was filmed in Reno because mm-hmm. they're on their way to California and they <laughs> go through right. Reno. And I lived in Reno as a kid. So that, you know, sparked my interest right there too. <laughs> so that was my introduction to Mario 3. And I must say Mario 3 is probably my favorite NES game of all time.
2: Ooh, that's high praise. Yeah. See, I don't know, what would be my favorite overall NES game of all time? Because Mario 3 would have to be up there. But, uh, like, the original Legend of Zelda is up there pretty high, too. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely my favorite of the of the Mario games on the, on the regular Nintendo. Because, I mean, I did get a little further, you know, like Super Nintendo. Uh, Super Mario World is just amazing. But, I don't know, maybe, maybe I like Super Mario 3 actually better than Super Mario World, even. I remember, I, I think I've spent a lot more time playing Super Mario 3 than I have Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember I, when I... My Super Nintendo, I remember getting Super Mario World and saying, hey, this is cool, but I had a, I was too busy playing Street Fighter 2 to get really invested in the Super Mario World.
3: <laughs> and I remember my brother and I would get pretty far in Mario 3, and we didn't like to use the, the um, warping at all in number 3. And I remember just having to leave the NES on overnight because you can't <laughs> see your progress. And you know how sensitive the NES could be? If you, like, stomped your foot, oh. it would, like, the reset thing, so oh. we had to make sure in the corner, so nobody would stomp a foot near it, and uh,
2: that's how we beat Mario three for the first time. Oh, I never managed to beat it. I still can't do it. <laughs> really? I've got a save state right now on my Switch for the last time because I, I used <laughs> some warp whistles to get into eight, but I can never get past those daggum tanks and whatnot. I'd always yeah, mess those up. Hard. Those are hard. Uh, yeah, I think I've probably beaten it maybe three times. Now, as an adult, I don't
3: think I've beaten it because I just don't think I've invested too much time into it as an adult. Um, but as a kid, I think I beat it three times with my brother.
2: Yeah. I was just not really good at platforming games. I've, I've learned, especially now that they're, when they went to 3d platforms, that's where they've lost me. Yeah. I cannot do 3d platform jumping. I'm terrible at it.
3: That's, that's when I stopped with the, mm. with the Mario games, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Mario 64, I, I love what I played of it, but I don't know if I played a ton of it, you know?
2: I've tried to come back to it uh, because it's on the Switch, and I'm like, you know, I, I you know, everybody says how great this is, and I, I need to get back to it, but I am terrible at platforming jumping. I mean, I've actually had a really bad episode one time playing uh, with some friends of mine on uh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, play, mm-hmm. I was playing on the PC because uh, I, I had a, a Microsoft account where you could go and play stuff for free or whatever for your fee. Yep. And there, I remember we were going after some treasure, and there was some jump over a lava pit, and I could not do it from a first-person perspective in a 3D area. Could (laughs) not make that jump. I'm just not good at platforming. I was sucked at Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider games. I just could not get around the platform jumping. So so suddenly I got a Mario game that's in three dimensions and it's platform jumping. I was like, I I know I'm not going to do this. And especially because the the way his legs move just didn't match the speed he seemed like he should have been moving. It's like his legs are pumping like crazy, but he's hardly moving. I could not do it. So once we got 3D, I'm like, I, I can't do these anymore. Even though I've been I've been kind of wanting to play some more of them. I mean, Super Mario Odyssey looks good, and that's there's there's actually a plot point of Super Mario Odyssey that was used in the movie um, that I won't tell you because I don't want to spoil it. No, please don't.
3: Yes. So. Back to, back to Mario 3. So mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about my new show that I'll be, I'll be doing on YouTube. I also plan on Twitch streaming um, video games, retro video games like NES, SNES and everything. So I've been watching videos because I, I want to be really good at the games that I play. So I've been watching videos of Mario 3. I've actually, I've, I was already pretty good at it, if not close to very good at it. And I did not realize how many secrets there were in, in that game. Yeah. Like, so many see I, I don't I forget everything but like you can you can get the warp whistle
2: I think two or three times in the first just map on the not first yeah. map but the first, in map. the first world there's two warp whistles and get a third and a second one in the desert if you get a hammer there's a there's a rock you break that you can open up an entire new section of yeah, map I knew, I knew the hammer but there's another like third spot where I didn't know I forget where it
3: is um And there's also levels to where if you get all the coins in the whole entire level, um, which is always on the levels that um, the camera moves for you, Uh you know what I mean? Um, If you get every coin, this uh, new – what was it up here? Is like a ship or a ghost ship or something like that? I forget what it was now. But like this thing pops up on the map. Um, What else was there? Oh,
2: is that how you make that pop up? I'd seen it pop up before, but I didn't know yeah. how it had happened.
3: Yeah, that's. I didn't know either. I, I've seen it before too, but I didn't know that that's what sparked it to pop up. Oh was getting goodness. all the coins in that level.
2: Oh wow! Okay, dude. I, all right. Except for I'm really bad when it's when the when it's forcing me along. I usually would either if Be I sure. could skip it, or you know, or fly through it. I I, I would. <laughs> I wasn't doing yeah, it, especially in this map, especially the first
3: map, because mm-hmm. there's a spot we had to. Break the brick, and it gives you like three to four coins, and it's pushing you along to where you're almost falling off the edge. Yeah. Uh, I,
2: I, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs>
3: I, when and I had to make a big jump, the, I took my time. It's a level you can skip altogether, too. It's not one of the levels you have to play. Right. So I never I never really played it as a kid because I don't like the those levels that push you
2: along. Yeah. It drove me nuts. So, yeah, either, either I was using my P-Wing or I was using my Cloud or I was going around and playing a different level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Any way around yeah. it, I could. The that, trick- game.
3: that game is amazing.
2: The tricky part about using the cloud that would let you float over a level is you better make sure you beat the level right after it, or you're going to get thrown right back to the I one know. that you got stuck on. Yep. yep. <laughs> Which frequently happened uh, when we got, I think, the third level is where the water world was, and you had that those levels where you had the giant fish that would swallow you up if you got too low and the, everything it. sink. I would always have to skip that. I could never get through it unless I had fireballs. I just, then oh, I'm like, sh- die.
3: It, it's, I was about to say, as long as they had fireballs, I was usually
2: good. <laughs> yeah, fireballs were the well one thing that would save you in that one at least, because that's you're you're not going to tail whip that big fish. It ain't going to happen. Nope. And if you fall in the water, you're dead. That's it. You're you are. It's like a Jaws movie down there, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Duh, 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 here it comes. Ow! Which is something I wish they would have actually stuck into the this new movie here. It would have been great. But um, speaking of movies, though, uh, did you actually get out to the live action? I remember going the opening weekend to that movie, and I had
3: such did expectations you? because of the animated series. No, I didn't watch it till maybe a couple years after that on on VHS. <laughs> I I
2: will I will admit to saying that I I, I I tried to just take it as being something different after I was watching it. I realized, well, okay, I guess they had to do their own thing. And I had some fun with it when I was younger, but I'm afraid to watch it older because I'm like, you know, I'm probably, I know it was a bad movie, but uh, I think I was more willing to just accept it as a kid, like, you know, or teenager as I was. Like, you know what? It's, it's goofy. It's a bit ridiculous, but Dennis Flippin' Hopper, man. (laughs) How do you not love Dennis Hopper?
3: I picked it up on a bootleg Blu-ray recently, maybe about <laughs> six months ago, uh, because they never—I think no—they did release it here on Blu-ray, but it was a limited release. It's been—it's been out of print for a long time. Yeah. So I bought like an English version or whatever, and I've seen it twice. Actually, I just watched it again for the second time, maybe last week, two weeks
2: ago. I don't hate it.
3: <laughs> yeah. I oddly—I oddly don't hate it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not that it's necessarily a completely bad movie, but it's kind of like um, what I like to say about Big Trouble in Little China. It's the greatest bad movie I've ever seen. Because if you, if you yeah. ju- try to analyze it, like, this movie's ridiculous, but it's just so much fun. And the original Super Mario Brothers, it is ridiculous. And if you think about it too much, it's bad. But to pull it out every once in a while, you actually can laugh and have a good time with it, I think. Yeah, and I am a huge
3: Bob Hoskins fan. Yeah. I mean, and he's you know. just amazing in everything he does. And he gave, every, he gave his all in this movie. And it's not the worst movie. I enjoy watching it when yeah. I'm watching it.
2: I've definitely seen worse movies. For
3: sure. Yeah. For sure.
2: Yeah. One I think it's called that, Super Force or something that my buddy Philip, who is co-host frequently with me, it's got this really bad, cheesy movie that when you watch it, I swear somebody ripped this off for G.I. Joe. Imagine a GI Joe movie where it's really well. I guess we've had bad GI Joe movies, but imagine that the one made in the '80s that's even worse. Wow, <laughs> that's I think it's called like Super Force or something. Like I'll have to ask Philip, but yeah, that's probably the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'd rather watch Super Mario Brothers from the '90s than this movie. Yeah, for sure. I've seen yeah. I've seen way worse movies like <laughs> Uwe Boll movies. I
3: don't know if you know who Uwe Boll Uwe Boll is. He's a director who likes to make. Video game movies. So he made House of the Dead. He made um, Alone in the Dark, mm. Postal. There's a movie all of Postal. Of, oh Lord, there is. I, I that one I, I've seen all, most of his movies except for that one, and he's a horrible filmmaker, and uh, he knows nothing about the source material. <laughs> so movies are so much worse than the live action Mario movie.
2: Oh wow. And that's the thing is alone in the dark. I had been excited. Oh, a movie of that one because it was based off the new nightmare, which I love that game, mm-hmm. and it had a really good story to it. And I thought, oh, that'll be a great movie. And then I turned, you know, I saw the reviews, and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> it's
3: awful. He also did Blood Rain, which Blood Rain would be a good movie, you would think, but nope, it was bad.
2: <laughs> it took a while before we got a. I think the first really good video game movie that I say was at least really good was Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, Nintendo definitely upped the game here with this Super Mario Brothers movie this time. I mean, they're like, oh, Sonic, that's pretty good, but look what we can do. (laughs) It's like, we're going to make a movie that looks like you're playing the game. (laughs) Now they just need to make an Earthworm Jim movie. Oh, dude. And I never really got into Earthworm Jim. I didn't own it, but oh my goodness. And I never watched the animated series. But when you look at the games watch the game footage, it was so over the top. It's so funny.
3: Yeah. I was like, oh, no, I love the first one. I love the first game. I watched some of the series, not a ton of it, but the first game is amazing.
2: That would make a great cartoon. A animated film. Oh, yeah. Somebody do it. Earthworm Jim <laughs> must return. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but all right, we got to start wrapping this up because you got things to do today. So, yeah, with Super Mario Bros., I I think that's we pretty much we we fell off of it on Mario 64, but oh, the one thing that I have to jump into and I'm going to click cuz I see her name on here. This is uh, some, something I always find funny. And I, even when I clicked on her name, Princess Toadstool, it, it pops over on Wikipedia to Princess Peach. Now, because in Japan, she was all apparently always Princess Peach. But if you look at Princess Toadstool, she was a redhead. The first time we mm-hmm. got a Princess yep. Peach in America, yeah. it was on Mario 64, and suddenly she's a blonde. These, yep. are two, these are two different women. What happened to Princess Toadstool? Because we know know. what happened to Pauline. She became uh, a mayor of uh, a weird version of New York (laughs) in uh, in the Super Mario Odyssey. Pauline from Donkey Kong is still around. What happened to Princess Toadstool? Of course, it does say here Princess Peach Toadstool, so they're going to treat it like her last name. I wish they'd have called her that, Uh, uh, maybe in the movie. uh, But it's like, wait a minute. No, that was totally different because even in the old cartoons and on the games, she was a redhead. When did she go blonde?
3: That was always weird. That was always weird.
2: Mm Mm-hmm something's not right. It's
3: like King Koopa and Bowser, you know?
2: Right. Well, he was always Bowser in the games. I think King Koopa, they just thought, just sounded fun. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Calling him that in the cartoon. And then they just kept it with the, the first movie that just like, yeah, King Koopa just sounds, all. all, I guess maybe he was president Koopa. And and I don't know. I think he would, maybe he was still King Koopa in there. I don't Uh, remember now. I just watched it. I don't remember now. I don't remember. Hmm. And one thing though, that, uh, I guess I hadn't realized until watching this newer movie is that Toad was not the name of that specific mushroom. The, they were all Toads. as the, well, All of them are. So like, well, what is the name of that particular Toad who showed up in Super Mario 2, showed up in the cartoon because they just called him Toad. And yeah. even in this new movie, they just refer to him as Toad, but the, Princess Peach refers to all of them as her Toads. Huh. Even though, why call them Toads? They're mushrooms. I yeah, don't that's understand. weird too. I understand. I don't understand, and, and that see them being referred to as Toad made it make sense that she's Princess Toadstool because she's someone related to the Toad thing going on. But mm-hmm. then, when did it become Princess Peach? Now I know where Daisy came from because we on the Game Boy, uh, you had the Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land Two. Which yes, when I when I first got it's... a Game Boy, I got Super Mario Land Two, which was a lot of fun. Which now is available on the Nintendo Switch online. I, I'm excited. And there was a Princess Daisy in that, and she got put into the live action movie as a girlfriend for Luigi. So and Daisy's still around. She's got some Mario Kart appearances. Yep, she does. But you know, on yeah, on a Mario Kart, I you'll find a Princess you Peach. Still. You'll never find Princess Toadstool. I know. We need to make a documentary on this. What
3: happened to her? Or a that, video game. <laughs> yeah.
2: Where'd she go? Where'd she go? So, you know, I suppose somebody told, you know, her that blondes have more fun and she thought, you know, Toadstools, nobody really likes Toadstools, but I'm gonna go buy Peach. So you could say maybe it was always that, but in Japan, it's never been an issue, but I wonder in Japan, if on the original game, she had a different hair color there as well. Yeah. I want to know. Because that's what, that's the only thing I've gotten from anybody. He says, well, she was always peach in Japan. I'm like, okay, but why didn't they just call her peach in America? And I what know. happened to the redhead?
3: What happened? Mystery. We need answers.
2: We need answers, Nintendo. Uh Shigeru Miyamoto, did I say his name right? I don't know. That sounds right. We need answers. You must answer. Did you did you murder her, or did did she, <laughs> she did she betray everybody and marry Bowser? You know? Maybe that's what actually was going on. I don't know. I don't know. We we never we don't see her after Super Mario. 3. Oh, Super Mario World. I don't think she even pops up. But Super Mario is last. No, no, Super Mario World. You still have to save her from from Bowser, and she's still a redhead. Because yeah, I, I do recall, See, I've never beaten Super Mario World either, but after you uh, managed to flip Bowser's thing upside down, uh, Princess Toadstool comes comes falling out of there and, ta-da, and gives Mario a kiss. Somehow another, that kiss, the first time you see her kiss Mario, turned her blonde and she changed her name. <laughs> I don't know why. All right, but yeah, Mysteries of the Unsolved. But that's, that's the one thing I always have to bring, I had to bring up there because it's always seemed bizarre to me. Like, I remember on nope. the tour in 64, when you go up to the castle and uh, Little Toad says, oh, hey, uh, you're coming to visit pr- Princess Peach? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, who's Princess Peach? What the, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, you know, you know, kids listen to the show. Your parents knew a completely different princess and we never <laughs> knew what happened to her. <laughs> But anyways, we better let you go because you have uh, you need to go get some rest because you got to get up early in the morning. So I do. Once again, Tim Nidell from Saturday Morning Rewind, and also the new and upcoming, hopefully by the end of the year, Press Rewind. Check it out That's on YouTube. Cool. Help him out if you can. He's got he's got some work to do. And you and still good, you promise. still have a I think you're you've got a YouTube or did you just change your YouTube channel name because you had one I think it was under Tim Nidell and you used to do some unboxing.
3: Same. I just yeah I just read I just changed the name.
2: Okay. So same channel, just changing the name,
3: reformatting it right now as we speak. Can people so still watch those old videos? Have, you can. Every old video is on there, all the old unboxing videos. I've done some interviews on there as well. Yep. And also, whenever I release Saturday morning rewind, um, interviews that were done over video, such as Skype or Zoom or whatever, I'll also put it on that channel as well. Yep. But and, it's all going to be high quality, production value is going to be awesome, and it's going to be a
2: good time. And hopefully he won't another. He, he he wants true story, y'all. He ate a, a hamburger out of an old Happy Meal, a very I old did. Happy Meal. He ate a I hamburger did. out of it. Now the hamburger <laughs> was not as old as the Happy Meal box, but he
3: oh, ate the hamburger out of it. <laughs> he ate a cereal out of an old um, 1989 <laughs> bang, um, yes. cereal box, and it had bugs in it that we didn't <laughs> realize it right away. <laughs>
2: See that's why uh, I I've kept a Spider Man cereal and a Ghostbusters cereal box from Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I ate the cereal and just kept the box. Even yeah. my my Patrick Mahomes cereal, I've ate, I ate the cereal and kept the box. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I I collect cereal boxes now, and I have a good amount with the cereal still in it. Like I have the Ninja Turtle cereal with oh, wow. cereal in it. I have some um, Frosted Flakes from uh, that has like Darkwing Duck toy in it. Nice. So would have been ninety. Would have been ninety two, I think. I'm not eating those, though. I'm not eating those. They're they're going to stay in the box. I have some fruit shoes from Tiny Toon Adventures and uh, Batman the Animated Series. I'm not going to eat those. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have some gum from DuckTales. It's in a gumball machine from DuckTales. I did eat some of those.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you're still alive.
3: (laughs) I'm still alive, guys. Who cares about the expiration date? It's just (laughs) a suggestion.
2: Sure. (laughs) <laughs> you know they got a ton of preservatives in that stuff anyway you know?
3: exactly exactly <laughs> it probably
2: makes me stronger i'm immune now to everything <laughs> you can eat anything you want now yep oh my goodness but yeah y'all go check out some of those old videos you know he's had a really cool uh uh bebop in that that he had in the background for a while too it was pretty cool dude Which...
3: if you if you liked that bebop you're gonna like this set i'm creating for the new show
2: you're gonna have rock City with him now the- no,
3: I'm going to – I'll send you um, some behind-the-scenes uh, pictures that I'm not showing anybody yet. Yeah. But I'll show you. The The set's going to be awesome. I'm just going to say that the set is going to be
2: awesome. Yeah, and I would do YouTube videos, but my set isn't that awesome. Although, I mean, you can kind of say I've got a pretty good collection getting around in the room. I got to show you all the stuff I've got in the room. My goodness, I have a lot more toys now than I ever had as a kid. <laughs> you should yeah, see what I'm surrounded here. by. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't have the excuse of that I had kids to play with. I didn't. I don't have any children, so I just – here. I have no excuse. See, my excuse is because my parents
3: got rid of all my toys when I moved out of the house. I'm just rebuying them all
2: back now yeah. in bulk. Well, I'm buying all the toys I never got to have. And exactly. I actually – I plan a Comic-Con this year because I never had an actual He-Man figure from the original line, and I have oh, wow. one now. I found it at Planet Comic-Con, and he's even got the squishy head.
3: Yes, I got that one
2: too. It's awesome. Uh, and he's got the only thing, I, I mean, he's got his armor. The only thing he's missing is his weapons. And I'm like, you know, I bet if I went online, I could find somebody who would have the weapons for me. I, I got the weapons, but I'm not selling them, though. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> I have Castle Grayskull as well. Yeah, I've got a Castle,
2: uh, yeah when we get offline, I'll, I'll point the camera around and stuff. I got my Castle Grayskull, and I've yeah. got a whole scene going on over there. Did so. you see my uh, new tattoo? Uh, you've got a Skeletor head with the headphones. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting any tattoos. No one needs to see anything on my body, and I'm yep. too scared of needles yep. to do it. So. <laughs> I, I have emotional trauma when it comes to needles. Uh, I won't get into the story here. But, yeah, I, I anything that alters me terrifies me now. Uh, I've got the Makes scars sense. that shows how how Ouch. I got to this point. So I can't imagine doing anything that changes what I look like permanently, you know, by any yeah. means of, of anything sharp. So, Yeah, I
3: get it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I hate it when they even the mic. I get cat scratched and I end up with scars. I'm like Dagan, cat, uh, you're lucky. I love you three. Yes, we have three cats. So all right, but <laughs> <laughs> remember, go you know, go find, press rewind, and go help out his GoFundMe.
1: Yeah!
2: Okay, well, I guess it's time we wrap this show up. So I want to make sure y'all know to visit neverlandpodcast.com. There you find right in the middle of the page, you can find a little link for my podcast reviews. If you happen to have a podcast and you would like to get your reviews, go and hit that. That'll get you because Apple usually only gives you this, the reviews that are in your country. And this will get you all the reviews around the world. Send them right to your email. I want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall show for helping me out with the introduction uh, of course, I say that every week, so most of you already know that. But we want to thank them every week because I use that introduction every week. Don't forget, you can send us an email, podcast at everlandpodcast.com. I am on Twitter, but I mainly just post new episodes there. Uh, Facebook, uh, because how Facebook has changed, I'm, I'm starting to get more interactive, I think, in the group and sharing more into the group. The fan page, I actually literally have to go and I click a thing to switch profiles to go and post anything in there. And generally what I like to do is if I see something interesting on Facebook and I want to share it with y'all, I want to just click share and be able to share it to the page, but it gets complicated and it doesn't work, but I can quickly share it to the group. So make sure you go and find our Facebook group for when I, you know, if I see uh, a trailer or some video or something just fun that I on social media, I tend to just post it there. I like to share stuff on social media that I think is is positive and fun and I even I even just shared some jokes and some cute stuff this week. Uh, But at least I I have some people that are enjoying that. So go over here to the Facebook group and make sure you you, you do that. Also, hey, you know what? While you're at our website at NeverlandPodcast.com, you can join the Neverlanders. You can become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. We have Lost Boys and we have Pixies because girls are too clever and they don't get lost. You also find our links for our Patreon there, which I do appreciate anybody who can help me out on that. Also, you can find our shop where you find a lot of different T-shirt ideas. Uh, a lot of designs that you can put on shirts. Sure, you can, you've got a lot of different things you can put this stuff on. Uh, I got some some other designs I need to get uploaded as well. Uh, lots of new content coming. Uh, so, yeah, when you do shop and buy things and donate to Patreon, that helps immeasurably. You have no idea uh, how much that, that would help me. So uh, but that's, that's where I want to wrap this show up right there. So as we end the show every week, I like to just tell you all to get lost. In an adventure. All right, we'll see you next time.